Hello and welcome to Lockdown Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, guys, on Twitter, of course, at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. This is a crossover pod joining up with Lockdown Padres for a stunning conversation. Recorded yesterday, but we're dropping today. Preview in this four-game series with the Marlins and Padres. Already one game in the books. Pretty much a scripted game, right? Close game, 2-1 Padres. The Marlins drop another one-run defeat. Boy, oh boy, five on the spin for the fish. Not looking good, but the good news is this part is good. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and let's get into game two. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On Marlins podcast because it's, look, I love doing crossovers and whatnot, and especially when I haven't done the crossover with the person that I'm doing it currently with, I've usually done it with a mutual friend. Of today's guest of Arm Layton. He's usually been on the show to talk Marlins, but instead I'm joined by not the very new host, but in terms of being on this podcast, uh, talking with me, Peter Pratt, Locked On Marlins. Sir, how are you doing on this fine eve before the Padres and Marlins clash? Delighted to be on and got to call out <laughs> as well. Arm Layton, what a stud. He is the goat. So, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's been tough to fill his shoes, no doubt. But listen, the Marlins, how am I feeling? I was feeling great. And then the, the Diamondbacks came to town. Now I'm not feeling great. I'm not feeling great at all. It's, it's not been a, it was a rough series of them boys. But looking forward to what I think will be a really, really fun four-game series here. I think this one has the makings of, of, of a real nice series. So, yeah, I'm doing well. It's a couple of minutes after 10 uh, p.m. UK time. Uh, for those mm-hmm. that are asking the question, hey, what is that accent? Yeah, I'm based in, I'm based in England. I'm based in the UK. <laughs> Um, so no jokes, please, at this time about Marlins fans and they have to go out to the UK. That That's not required at this point. So everything's good. Though. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Absolutely great. Just a quick reminder, everybody, free and available on all platforms, both podcasts. You can check out me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And Peter, you can check him out at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Uh, I'm doing really, really, really good. This is probably the first time in my history doing this podcast where I am not on the later time, right? It's actually not <laughs> late for me. Usually, I mean, when I have to do the Dodgers games, there was one game last year between the Padres and Dodgers that went to like the 16th inning. I was up until like 4 a.m. I was like, this is awful. I hate this. Like, this is not fun uh, whatsoever. For once, I am on the early side of things. But yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about because I haven't had anybody on to talk about the Marlins in quite a long time. I didn't even, we didn't play them last season or at least we didn't play them during a time when i was doing the podcast and you know the, the marlins very secretly uh from my perspective we'll start out with your team uh before if you have any questions about the padres that very secretly have a lot of really interesting talent um mm-hmm. i think everybody knew about the pitching or at least had an idea with you know rookie sensation trevor rogers and such you have sandy alcantara you have pablo lopez who started off to a great start you have jesus lazardo which was a very low-key move that the team made at the trade deadline that I loved. Yeah. Oh, he's getting excited. There we go. He's been great. Oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's been great. But I think that with the offense, yes, they did some some acquisitions in the offseason and whatnot, but there's some really fun players on this team. Everyone knows about Jazz Chisholm. He's been awesome. And you've got Jesus Sanchez. You've got Joey Wendell. There's a lot of baseball nerds. I think that this is... There's potential that the Marlins are at the precipice of right before they become a little bit more of a bandwagon team, 
right? They're right under the, the Padres were like this, like end of 20, not even end of 2020. They it started in 2020. And then all of a sudden they start keep winning games and they become what they were. Um, but I guess I haven't really asked the question, uh, question, have I? Just in general, how has it been uh, so far following the Marlins, even after that unfortunate sweep by the Diamondbacks? I think you covered it perfectly. I need to say no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know what? It's been, it's been an interesting season. The mm-hmm. way we sit right now, what are we? The 5th of May, um, as we record mm-hmm. this. The Marlins are at 500. We're playing 500 mm-hmm. ball into May. So... This is a new phenomenon for the for the Marlins in the time I followed the team. So we were just swept by the Diamondbacks. But when you strip it all away, you know, the Marlins just need to play 500 ball into July and then see what damage they can do with trades and, and acquisitions. I think they still needed some more. The key to this team, we already know the pitch inside. Like you said, the key is can the bats, can you get consistent production from some of these bats? And the reality is... The, the free agents that they've added, uh, Soler and, and Avi Garcia, they've been absolutely mm. terrible. They've thrown a load mm. of money at those dudes. They have been, I mean, they've been a handbrake on this uh, on this Marlins offense. It's been the young studs, Jazz, Jesus, Joey Wendell, obviously, trade acquisition. But those guys have been nice. But, boy, it's been a bit up and down with this offense. So, it's been, we started out west with a real tough one, you know, a San Fran um, and then yeah. in, into Anaheim, start the year and one and four road trip. You're thinking, uh oh, the Marlins need to start hot. They're not starting hot. This could be pain, another year of pain. <laughs> um, then, of course, what do you need? You need to play the Phillies. I think gets the Marlins going like playing the Phillies. So that mm-hmm. brought us back mm-hmm. to life. And we're playing well in the division, but yeah, disappointing uh, result over the past few days at home. Maybe a four-game road trip was was exactly what we needed. I don't know. Well, actually, we're, we're into Arizona again next week, so you know, it's a, I think it's a seven-game trip for the fish. Um, it's been there's been highlights. There's mm-hmm. been some negatives. And the funny thing is, we're right on the on the cusp of having to make some decisions for the first time this year. I sense you mm-hmm. get into the point of Max Meyer. Do we need to see Max? That's mm-hmm. kind of like stuff that's bubbling around now. Eliezer Hernandez hasn't been great this year so you're starting to get the questions about you've got these stud arms in the system and the system's absolutely loaded is it time for max meyer do you just get him in there like if the marlins are truly in win now mode Mm -hmm. max meyer is one of the best five pitchers for this marlins uh, organization in my opinion i i don't think we're going to see him this series though so you missed that it may be Mm -hmm. maybe getting back on the homestand perhaps um i think it's against the brewers uh, next week so you know it could be that but it's been ups and downs, but really, I think we look around baseball too. Offenses have been cold. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. You know, a couple of teams are now starting to catch fire, and it feels like the balls have been reduced a little bit too. The last couple of days feels like offenses are back. So, yeah, in a, in, in a nutshell, the Marlins are playing 500 ball, pitching well, offenses spotty. You could probably say that for 10 teams, I'd say, across Major League Baseball. But what about these Padres? Well, talk to you about these Padres because the record looks nice. What's yeah. the on-field product saying? <laughs> the the on-field product is saying there's been some frustrating moments, like you know, similar to what you mentioned. But I mean, they still have got a lot of proven talent. And what's so mm. fun about this series is that, in a lot of ways, the teams are a little bit similar. Obviously, star power, little bit, just a tad bit more in favor of the Padres, right? Because of Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, right? But outside of those two, when it comes to offense, it wouldn't. Sh- if say, if you were doing a list. 
right, of the best offense. Let's rank the best offensive players between these two teams. You'd probably go Machado mm-hmm. and then Cronenworth. It wouldn't shock me if by the end of the season we're like, then it goes Jazz, then it goes Jesus Sanchez, then it goes Joey Well, then it goes a lot of Marlins players. The Padres' offense has been a little bit suspect. Uh, it's been great defensively. That is one good thing. Even when guys aren't hitting, they've been able to provide um, good value defensively. Hassan Kim, my yeah. boy, uh, been doing pretty well. Mm. Yeah. But when it comes to slugging, when it comes to power, that's definitely something that they've been lacking outside of Machado and whatnot. And I don't know if you know this, of course, on my podcast, I do not name the guy who plays first base for the Padres, of course. It is a long-running bit that I do not say his name. He's a cursed name. Unnamed. You can say him. You can say him. That's perfectly fine, but it's a long-running bit for me that I don't say his name. But he's been great this year. The ground ball gremlin, as I've called him before. He's been great, actually, this year. So for the time being, he might be that third-best offensive player. But uh, before we get into kind of the the specifics, I think, because I really want to ask you, especially you brought up Jorge Soler and Ivy Gar- Ivy Garcia. Before we talk about that and some of the matchups upcoming, let me tell the good people, right, about Built Bar. <laughs> How about that transition? All right, Built Bar is fantastic. All right, I don't know if you've had them before, but best protein bars that I've ever had. I mean, just a great variety of flavors. They've got what? What the heck do they have? They got double chocolate. I love their apple almond crisp flavor. They don't have it right now, but even still, that is one to keep in keep an eye on, folks. I promise you, it's really good. Raspberry, uh, banana cream pie, all sorts of stuff. And on top of that, of course, their protein bars, they're healthy for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You're, you're, you're doing you're doing pretty well. You're doing pretty well. And because you're listening to this podcast, guys, you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Calm, but we're not done yet. We're not done yet, Peter. We're not done yet. Another <laughs> deal. Another deal for the good folks listening to this podcast. Uh, not food. You can't, as far as I'm aware, right? I'm not a big jewelry person, but you can't eat jewelry. But thankfully, BlueNile.com has you covered. The original online jeweler. Uh, visit the website and convert into Blue Nile customer, guys. You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Uh, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, whatever. And, you know, Mother's Day's coming up. That could be something you could gift. Blue Nile has you covered. And because you're listening to this podcast, of course, I got a deal for you guys. This Mother's Day, of course, you could give someone uh, something something special. If you are a Lockdown listener, which you obviously are. I don't know why I said that part. Because listen to this podcast, you can get $50 off your $500 orders. This is a podcast exclusive only good through Mother's Day. Remember to use that code LOCKDOWN, guys. That's code LOCKDOWN. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com. Stunning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Peter, I couldn't wait to get through those ad reads because I got to talk to you about the Marlins' big splashes in the offseason. We talked about Lazardo, who we'll get into it in a second. Uh, on my feed, I'm actually going to be posting this on Friday, which will be after uh, both Lazardo and Nick Martinez square off. Lazaro has been very solid this year. Just looking at the raw numbers, 310 ERA, 1.08 whip, 28 Ks to nine walks. He's looked really good. He's also on my fantasy team. But 
You know who else is on my fantasy team? In my very giant Just Baseball, go check that website out, guys. Just Baseball group, 16-team league. I may or may not because I'm friends with Arm. I like drafting players that have a little bit of, a, of an edge. Even if I don't think they'll be good, it'll be fun to have them. I do this sometimes with guys that might not be great, right? I just because it's a meme and, and it's there's something fun about that, right? I end up drafting Gary Sanchez, right? I do that sort of stuff. It's just that's just how I am sometimes, especially when I've won a fantasy football league and I'm kind of feeling myself a little bit too much. But I have I have Jorge Soler on my team. Between him and Avisel Garcia, one, talk about those two a little bit just in general kind of their slumps and whatnot before you get back into the Padres stuff um, about this. And also, how do you feel about both of them? Do you think that one of them is going to bounce back? Do you think that there's actually been some really troubling signs that both of these contracts are misses all of a sudden? What can you kind of say about the two guys that were supposed to be big power hitters and the big acquisitions money-wise for the for the Marlins? Yeah, do you know, it's, it, it's interesting, right? Because the need was there. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reality is the Marlins... There was a tier. There was a tier of dudes available. Let's put Nick Cast in there, Schwarber. Let's put all these dudes in that tier. Yes, they couldn't get a deal done with that tier. They went a tier below, in my opinion, um, that kind of elite tier. So they get, they've some, you know, they committed a lot of money to Avicel Garcia. And mm-hmm. the, the bits I've seen of Avi, when, I, when I've seen him uh, as a brewer, I think he was a Ray too. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I thought, listen, the power's legit, and Soler's the same. Obviously, we, you know, we know, we all saw with our own eyes what he did in in, in the World Series, right? So mm-hmm. he's a, he's a, a power bat, as is Avi. Um, we weren't certain how it was going to play in the outfield defensively between them. You know, Jesus Sanchez mm-hmm. was shunted into center. You're thinking, is this going to work? The Marlins making noises about Brian Reynolds, Cedric Mullins, you yeah. know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Didn't get it done. Jesus Sanchez ends up in center. And the defense has actually been fine. But boy, oh boy, offensively. Second game of the year. I was watching it. I was on a, I was on a trip with the, the family. Manchester mm-hmm. in the game live against San Fran. Carlos Rodon on the mound. I'd never seen Carlos Rodon ever pitch before live. So I'm going to call mm-hmm. that out. I'd never seen it. And he blew me away. But I was watching Avi Garcia in that game intently. And he made Avi look silly, foolish. And I, I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, is this mm. Rodon? Is this Javi Garcia? What are we going to see? Yeah, the you're talking question, about, yeah. You're talking about the guy that cannot be named on this podcast. <laughs> and listen, Avi Garcia, it's getting to that point now. The ground outs to third are automatic. He's whinging about dead balls. Listen, we, he may not be named ever again on Lockdown Marlins. It could be the end of, of Avi Garcia. It could be. It's been absolutely terrible. Really, really poor. I mean, listen... When you like the Marlins and you don't have a lot of dough, you have to you have to nail these free agent mm-hmm. signings because if you don't, they become a massive anchor for these you know this type of team. We don't have the money to just fritter away. They have mm-hmm. to nail these signings. The early indications it's twenty five games. Early indications not being good. Early impressions not good. Soler, I'm a little bit more buoyant, bullish on. Mm-hmm. He has a very Stanton like. Power stroke, let's call it that. Mm-hmm. He hits balls to where Stanton hit balls in, in Lone Depot, Mines Park. Um, so there has been that. But boy, oh boy, the boys, they love to be aggressive. That's the thing you can expect from them. Avi Garcia attacks every first pitch. No matter what you throw him, he is going for it. So keep your eyes peeled for that during this series. He attacks <laughs> every first pitch. And I, after we've done this pod, 
I completely expect Avi Garcia to hit a couple of first pitch home runs. It's just going to happen, right? And so <laughs> he, he will then continue to be named on Locked On Marlins moving forward. So it's been a, it's been a struggle. I think that's the best way of calling it. Hey, I mean, if you go by the by the rule that I have installed with the ground ball gremlin at first base for the Padres and his crazy mm-hmm. contract, mm-hmm. ever since I didn't name him, he's been killing it. So maybe okay, that might actually add a little bit of th- there. You go, maybe Abby Garcia. You can't name him anymore, and then all of a sudden he'll become you know uh, Brian Reynolds, right? Like all of a sudden that's what he'll do. Um, but you, you bring up a lot of great points, right? Like it does feel like the Avicel Garcia thing was a little bit, you know, a tier below. Right. And I know a lot of people wanted Castellanos, especially for that Marlins team. A lot of people wanted Castellanos because they figured mm-hmm. we just need just get us a guy who is very consistent and we know where the power is going to be. And then with Solaire, have seen some stuff where he is hitting the ball hard, maybe getting a little bit unlucky. So I agree with you. I feel like that one hey, against the Padres pitching against Nick Martinez in the first game, not impossible that we might see some fireworks there. But yeah, I mean, you're right. You have to land those kind of uh, contract signings with the Padres so far. They, Obviously, have had a much bigger payroll, but that's only as of late. And I think one of the reasons they weren't able to partake as much in this year's pretty historically deep free agent class was because they're pretty stacked on their their payroll, too. They have a top five payroll in baseball, despite what the results on the field show. That hasn't really shown it. It's a little bit weird that <laughs> we're watching some guys who are like, why do you not have at least a top 10 offense? Sometimes that's a little bit rough, but it's a team that... At- least the major parts are hitting Uh, Machado looks like he's hitting the ball with a vengeance and he's kind of a guy that even last year where I not critiqued uh, I shouldn't say critiqued I just one thing I pointed out was he never got really hot for a stretch and he seems to have taken that to a heart because so far this year it we've been waiting a long time for Manny Machado to not just be great but like get that damn MVP you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. go for Mm -hmm. it you literally have the potential for it and all the numbers suggest that he still hits the ball hard, still walks a lot, strikes out at a rate that is offset by the walk rate. Yes, his only weakness is sometimes the base running is a little bit weird and sometimes hits the ball on the ground a little bit too much. It doesn't matter because if it's not on the ground, it's going out into the solar system. But it does feel like with Manny Machado and the first baseman who will not be named for the Padres that they're really just hoping that those two can kind of carry them until Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back. And that's not even a touch on the pitching, which I think both of our teams, uh, that's why a lot of maybe other fans of not the Padres or Marlins are going to be tuning in because both of these rotations, I think, are pretty damn even, to be honest with you. I think that, you know, I love Pablo Lopez. I love Sandy and I love Jesus Lazardo. I loved that trade for them. If you're going to mm-hmm. get rid of Starling Marte, at least you got a guy, right? At least you got a guy that felt like, this guy can be really special. Oakland might have given up too much on him uh, too quickly. He's looked really great so far. Who do you think has been? Who do you think is a pitcher, or maybe even just another player in general that maybe Padres fans might not be familiar with that they should uh, learn about before the series? That's a great question because, to be honest with you, the the real standout, the unknown, has been, and it's unfair to say unknown, but Jesus Lazardo has literally turned his career around since the trade. Mm-hmm. He really, and, and he struggled when he came to. Miami, first few starts, it was walk after walk after walk. And let me tell you, if you're if you're struggling on the mound, here's my advice to you from what I've seen from Jesus. Go and put on some glasses because his career has turned around as soon as he started wearing the glasses. He can see. He can see. <laughs> and he's actually throwing strikes. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has been 
has been stunning um, this year. You know, in spring, through the shortened spring, and, and you know, the season's got off rolling. I think 11, 12 Ks, whatever it was, in his in his uh, season debut. Real nice find, like you said, great deal. Two months of Starling Marte for what five years of control of one of the former top pitching prospects, Jesus Cesaro. Boy, oh boy, that mm-hmm. is it's a stunning deal and one that you know, listen. The Marlins didn't need any more arms. We didn't. We've got enough arms, mm-hmm. but you just you sometimes sometimes you just got to take the best player available in the trade. Right. Get mm-hmm. Lazardo in, and you know trade away if you need to. In terms of other guys, you know who they may not be familiar with. The interesting kind of wrinkle I think with this series more generally is Jorge Alfaro clearly is now with the Padres. That was that was actually a trade. <laughs> yeah, the, the that's right. That's right. The Marlins had him playing in left field. They had him playing at first base. They had him playing catcher <laughs> last year. They, you know, it was clear Alfaro's time was, was was done, and to go and acquire Jacob Stallings, that and listen, Stallings isn't a big name really because he's not an offensive catcher. Do you know what I mean? He's he's not mm-hmm. someone that you know because he's lighting up the box scores. Defensively, he's sensational. It's just what the Marlins needed. I have got my eyes on Jacob Stallings offensively this series. I really need to see him kind of start right. doing something, I think. So I'm kind of looking at Stallings, intrigued to see where it goes. I'm intrigued to see how Georgie Alfaro goes. A four-game series, he'll start, what, at least one game, maybe two, yeah, I guess, probably. for, for Georgie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, revenge, revenge game, scene. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> Hey, exactly. Tommy Pham, who's been like pretty awful, as I think he has like a WRC plus over 700 probably against the Padres. <laughs> like he, he was just absolutely killing him. He's taking Joe Musgrove deep. So it's possible. That's going to be a fun storyline uh, to pay attention to for sure. But guys, if your th- guys talking, they, they got jazzed up. I'm ready to make some predictions myself. Well, if you're main two predictions, uh, chances are you're probably also into betting as well. And let me tell you guys, over at betonline.net. That is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, obviously, and this weekend's run to the roses at the Kentucky Derby. That's right. Everybody likes the old Kentucky Derby. Playoffs, esports, whatever, they've got you covered, guys. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts all right. All right. Let's keep it rolling. This has been a lot of fun so far. Let's continue just kind of whipping back questions. Um, another guy that's been struggling for the Padres a little bit, who I picked up for a dollar in my auction league last year, which was supposed to be a keeper league that they then abandoned. So they probably did this just because <laughs> they did this because I had Gosman and uh, Trevor Rogers is the guy that I'm going to ask about for very little. So they knew this is the, he's getting two away with. We have to restart the league. Yeah. Tell me about Trevor Rogers. He's been struggling so far. A big rookie guy this year. Is there anything that feels like this is just a sophomore slump? Chris Paddock of the Padres, formerly of the Padres, he had a great rookie year, and then he tailed off in his second season. What can you tell us about Trevor Rogers, who's probably been the least super impressive uh, of the Marlins' arms so far? Yeah, it's been concerning. It really has. Um, it's it doesn't look like Trevor, to be honest with you. He mm. he obviously the first half last year was absolutely sensational, up to the break. Um, then had some, you know, his family dealing with COVID and his dad passed away, and mm. he he was hurt too. But he hasn't looked the same since. So it's been a real struggle. Like the eyeballs, I know when you look at the stats and you think, okay, Trevor Rogers, is it still Trevor? What's going on? From the eye test perspective, and I've watched all the stats. 
he just looks hittable. You know when just mm-hmm. a guy is just throwing stuff there, there's just there's no depth to the change. Fastball just is down a couple of ticks right. of velo, and mm-hmm. you just think, boy, oh, boy, the Phillies absolutely tore him up. You're thinking, is he tipping pitches? What's going on? I'm a, I'm pretty worried about Trevor. I'm, I mean, he's slated to start this this series. I was watching his last start thinking, is he hurt? Is something going on? Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I I think if there's a team that can, and a pitching coach in Mel Stottlemyre that can turn a pitcher back around, this is the team, This he's the coach to make it happen for sure. But really, really troubling start from, from Trevor Rogers to, to kind of get this year going. So it's a big, it's a big start for him um, on, the, on mm-hmm. the road now for sure. So I'm really intrigued. I think that's another really interesting wrinkle for these fish. Mm-hmm. Um, if Trevor isn't right, you know, all of a sudden you, you then, you know, what is a four, you know, four headed monster right now with Pablo Lazardo, you know, Trevor and Sandy, plus maybe Max Meyer on his way. Um, you know, all of a sudden take Trevor out of that. You think, okay, you know, it starts to, you know, the Marlins are a pitching team, right? And if they can't pitch well, they're not going to win games. That was the problem with, with the Diamondbacks. So, you know, we have to pitch well. If we don't, you know, we don't have the type of offense to blow teams away. So, yeah, yeah Trevor's not been great. He really hasn't. Um, what's, just flip it over to me then. What's been happening with the from the rotation side for the Padres? Get, let's get let's get the inside scoop here. Oh man, the Padres rotation has been pretty delightful for the most part. Um, the biggest <laughs> okay. thing that everyone's been been talking about for the Padres rotation uh, lately is one they just got Mike Clevenger back, a player that you know the the, the folks on the interwebs, the baseball twitters like to say, oh Cleveland, the Guardians won the trade. First of all, I think it's a little bit silly, and I wrote about this for Just Baseball. should be out by now. You guys can go check that out. That I often find the idea of winning or losing a trade when one of the guys had to get Tommy John surgery. It's like, all right, let's not act like this is Danny Ainge with the Celtics where everybody pretends, oh, he knew Markel Fultz. To make a little bit of an NBA crossover for all my NBA fans out there. He knew Markel Fultz was going to have to have a drained fluid from his arm and all this crazy. When injuries happen, that can kind of happen to anybody. So that becomes a, that's a little bit of another layer that's less than just you can't blame AJ Preller for that. He came back against the Cleveland Guardians, who have been pretty pretty great as an offense. Stephen Kwan, Jose Ramirez, former Padre Josh Naylor, been pretty good. You know, nothing lights out. Velocity is a little bit down, but the fact that he came back—I mean, this is a guy coming from back from Tommy John surgery—and the fact that he just doesn't get torched is a huge plus for this team. You still got Blake Snell. He made a start in high A. He's coming back. Those are guys that are just coming back, right? That's what I'm telling you about those guys. They, at minimum, can maybe just be back-end rotation guys, right? B-minuses, Bs, right? That's the Padres rotation right now. A lot of B-pluses and not a single F or C. You talk about Eliezer Hernandez. You talk about how Trevor Rodgers has been. You got Darvish, a little bit inconsistent, but when he's on, he's on. And against the Marlins, like you've been talking about, he might be able to have a pretty good start against them because the strikeout stuff is still, I mean, he's still just so much fun to watch. Even when he's off, I still love seeing how he's got like nine pitches that he likes to use. He calls one the Supreme. Do I get annoyed sometimes? I'm like, hey, man, focus on just those three. Yes, but also he's really great. Joe Musgrove, best pitcher in the rotation, one of the best pitchers in baseball so far. He's lights out. Fastball? Not going to blow by you. Doesn't matter. Curveball slider combination is lethal. And just check out the whiffs on baseball savant and every start. It's nuts. And then, you know, you got Sean Manaya. That would probably be the pitcher that, if you look at the ERA, very good, but he's a guy that you can't hit for hard contact. He does give up mm. a lot of hard contact. He's consistent, 
throws a lot of sinkers, but he's the type of guy that against a better team, not that he's going to get blown up, but he's the most likely, I think. Maybe absent you, Darvish, ever since the whole sticky stuff controversy to get lit up. And then lastly, you have Mackenzie Gore, uh, who has been the most tumultuous development for a pitching prospect that I can remember. Number one overall among all pitching prospects in baseball in 2020. Then randomly, nobody knows what happened. He just stops pitching for months. He has this weird leg kick issue, control issues, just falls apart. And all of a sudden, he's like in the 70 range. Then he starts making some changes. He starts getting the confidence back. He's driving the announcements for the Padres to games and whatnot. And he's been awesome so far. Um, he's probably not going to face the Marlins. You won't get a, a chance to see him. He's been riding the fastball a lot, not throwing a lot of his other off-speed stuff, but even still, bottom line is that the results, just from afar, uh, hasn't given up more than two runs in any of his starts, including teams like the Atlanta Braves. Yes, did he stop the Reds in two of those starts? Yes, the Reds are abysmal, right? But even still, for a rookie pitcher, it's still impressive. And for a guy that's had such a weird um, go of things, uh, it's really impressive. So, yeah, Padres rotation is awesome. Um, and I've been really bullish on it for the whole year. The question is everything else. Bullpen 26 and the MLB right now, the MLB. Sorry, everybody out there that gets Uh-oh. mad when you say the Uh-oh. MLB. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> My bad, everybody. In Major League Baseball, they're like 26 uh, rated bullpen, basically. They need to get a lot better. So for the Marlins, I think that's going to be the key for them. Can you hit up guys like Manaya and Darvish, who can be a little bit on and off, and can you get into that bullpen that has been really, really shaky? That's the big question for them, especially in a series that might just come down to kind of rotations and whatnot. For sure. Just one other wrinkle to add here. Um, you're talking mm-hmm. about Sean Manaya. There's been this ongoing discourse for the for the whole of this year around Jazz Chisholm. You talked about him. Listen, Jazz yes. Chisholm is the Marlins' best player right now. Mm-hmm. You know, what, look at whatever numbers you want. Jazz is the best hitter by a mile. He is everything in terms of electricity. He can just make things happen, right? But the computer has been saying, Jazz, you sit against lefties uh, mm-hmm. for, for most of the year. And yeah. that has caused cr- a, a, a pretty significant storm, I would say, with Marlon's Twitter. Mm-hmm. However, he did get his first start against a lefty just yesterday. For those that saw the game or the news, it was the Madison Bumgarner start. And Madison Bumgarner oh, hosted yeah. one, one inning. So <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> crazy scenes going on there. I mean, weird situation, but you know, uh, you know, Jazz in the end didn't end up facing Mad Bum because he was hitting sixth. And um, so that's the interesting bit is is Jazz gonna move out of the platoon? Although mm-hmm. it was the strong side of the platoon. Uh, for me, I, I just can't see how any analytics can say Jazz needs to be sitting. I'm I'm starting Jazz every day, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if he's if he's available, he's healthy. He's got to be in there for me. And, you know, carry on. He got a hit against the lefty yesterday. Um, you asked about a real deep sleeper dude earlier on. I, I don't think I actually mm-hmm. gave you one. John Birdie. John mm. Birdie had a multi-home run game yesterday. I say yesterday <laughs> on, on yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. A multi-home run game for John Birdie. Absolute scenes. John Birdie hit in multi-home runs. Everyone's thinking, who the hell's John Birdie? You know, if you play fantasy, you may have been looking for sneaky stolen bases, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah. you've probably never heard of John Birdie. So he's actually, and I say Jazz is our best hitter. Actually, the numbers are saying John Birdie's our best hitter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, take I mean, from that what you will about this Marlins offense. I don't know what that says about it, but yeah. There's just like a lot of the fun players. It hasn't been Avisel Garcia and Jorge Soler yet, but like no. with Jazz, so I must say, 
the name talent for Marlins right now. Oh man, even even a name yeah. like Trevor Rogers, that's steady, right? You've got a Sandy, you've got an Eliezer, you've got a Max Meyer, you've got Jazz, right? Birdie, like there's a lot. Solaire, like there's so many great names. I will say that much about the Marlins. It's true. And just for an update on people, even though he hasn't been playing against lefties, just to give people an idea, uh, Jazz Chisholm is currently slugging 657. Uh, on the year he's just been getting all sort of base hits striking out a tad much but for someone at his age and especially in today's game uh striking out a lot isn't always the be all and end all it's something to watch out for when it comes to batting average and whatnot but he's also he's just lit man i mean he's so exciting the i think it was against i'm blinking was it not gallon i forgot who it was against that he was annoyed by some strike call. Everybody, has, if you if you follow baseball closely, you've probably seen the play. And he just steps back there, and he's annoyed, and he's like, "What the heck? That was a bad call." And then the pitcher seems to be annoyed that he's stepping out for so long. And then he throws him the next pitch, and he hits the ball to 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 the UK. I, I mean, it was just <laughs> unbelievable, right? Like it was just unbelievable. Jazz is so cool. I know that for some people, especially baseball fans, uh, like hardcore of a certain age of a certain ilk. Don't mm-hmm. like players like Jazz Chisholm. They're like, nah, you got to be humble and all this baloney, right? But mm-hmm. Jazz Chisholm, for me, it's the rare situation where I almost don't care about the numbers. I like the flashes. And also, it's just rare that people with that level of confidence fall off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't fail when you have that level of confidence to lay back on an 0 2 count and then just swing at the next pitch and take you it out. Can't yeah, it's, you can't it's, fail when you look like that. You can't fail. It's it's so much, especially in a sport that is so tied to, tied to mental, kind of having the memory of a goldfish and just kind of being able to keep going back and forth as baseball. I don't know, man. Jazz is just becoming quickly one of my favorite young players in the game. And he might do some stuff against the Padres in San Diego. You know, Tatis isn't playing. He's like, you know what? I'll show you guys a real superstar. All right. That's the type of mindset this guy might have. I'm really, really looking forward to him. Absolutely. Listen, Jazz, Jazz is just—he's <laughs> an absolute stud. I mean, there's just uh, the, the beauty is—is is the Marlins don't typically get a lot of attention, kind of MLB wide, you know, beyond Florida, maybe even not even within Florida. But listen, Major League Baseball likes Jazz too. They and fans like Jazz. We just appreciate these types of dudes, right? Tat East mm-hmm. is one of those dudes. Ronnie Acuna is one of these dudes. They're just fun guys. Swag off the charts. I mean, I'm 38 years of age. I mean, I'm not sure I should have just said that sentence, to be completely honest with you. But <laughs> nevertheless, you know where I'm going with it. I mean, it's just great to see. I love jazz. Everyone loves jazz. I'd love to see him have a great, massive series uh, in San Diego. We're going to need it because, listen, this rotation you've mentioned, there's going to be some pitching duels this this weekend, no doubt yeah. about it. It is looking mm-hmm. juicy. I mean, it is strength on strength here. And, you know, who who, who can get the big knocks in the big spots? It's been the thing for the Marlins this year. We had, it's just, you know, left on base, runners in scoring position, it has just been problematic and mm-hmm. uh, it needs to turn around. Last time we are in San Diego, by the way, Lewis Brinson went on a huge tear as well, which right. was That's right. one of the key moments in 2021 yeah. for the Marlins. That summed our season up, that we were, <laughs> that was probably our, our best series, that, that Lewis Brinson came alive. Yes, I remember there was some some weird umpire controversies and all sorts of stuff that happened in that game as well. If I'm not mistaken, it was this weird, I forgot which game it was. It was on like July 15th, I think, something like that, July 14th. That was a weird game. But yes, uh, we're going to get some gem. It just feels like a play, that a series that's going to have something, 
right? Whether it's offense, a couple guys hit some big hits, whether it's just a pitching gem from a Marlin or a Padre, I could see it going both ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a blast of a series for sure. Um, But Peter, we've been going for a while now. Do you have any final things you'd like to plug or what have you? I know also our buddy Arm Lane, he's going to be writing about Jazz Chisholm. That's not out in the public. So for everybody, uh, oh. he's writing an article on that. Exclusive. He's going to be giving his thoughts. Yeah, an exclusive. Yeah, there you go. You can go check that out at Just Baseball. But Peter, do you have any last uh, plugs or thoughts that you'd like to share for the good people? Not really. You know where to get me, guys. Locked on Marlins, of course. So if you you know if you want your more Marlins stuff, equally get me on Twitter. I I like the camera. I'm not going to lie. I like to pump out a, a video recap of the games. Stay tuned for them too. I, I've been getting a little bit heated the last few days. So if you like, if you like some hype videos, if you like some swearing from time to times, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. That's the main place. So it's been a lot, a lot of fun talking. Now I'm really looking forward to this series. The, 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 the start times are tough, no doubt. Yes. Two forty a.m. start times <laughs> at the UK. It, it's it's challenging, but. You know, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what you can do, right? And everybody, seriously, go follow him because those videos can't play them currently. May involve some language, might, maybe, but they are magical, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely magical. Um, but yeah, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's show. Really quickly, let me just remind you to go check out Locked On MLB, hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan. Obviously, covers all of MLB. But please call him Sully. That's the most important part. Follow that show wherever you get your platforms. Same goes for Locked On Padres, Locked On Marlins. That all being said, everybody, thank you, as always, for making Locked On Padres your listen. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Peter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.